Hello, this is Dr. Jen. I am in no way being forced to read this text I sent. Uh, I am no way being coerced to read my message. Hi, I didn't get a chance to call in. I was just going to add that screens are a tool. They're neither good nor bad. Allison coveting that Todd's wife is so anti-screen is a popular opinion, but one rooted in guilt. Meh. There's always something to feel guilty about. Find what works for your family, set boundaries, and have fun. Live from the June issue of BF Fancast Magazine, it's the Best Friends Fancast Show. This just afternoon, we welcome our guests. She's living without AC for a while, so unfortunately we will have to report her husband for Lee Animal Cruelty. It's Leanne Ward! And she's had a recent change in careers, but you know what they say, sweet dreams are made of cheese. Who am I to disagree? It's Superfan Megan! Guest producer Trices is here inviting you to climb on board the fan van and join the best friends back at you. Hi everybody, welcome to the Best Friends Fancast. Uh, I am your usual fill-in. I'm old, good old stepdad is here. Where's mom? Nobody knows. Um, <laughs> we love Lisa. Uh, uh, we're here to talk about the usual stuff, but of course, more important than what we're actually talking about is our guests. We have two of them, in fact. Uh, Leanne Ward, how are you doing? How's it going? What's good. things? Good, and your intro was... Excellent, as always, except I am surprised you didn't take the opportunity to say. I also had an alternate. I was going to say the only AC she wants to live without is Adam Carolla, but I decided to go with uh, Leanne. Yeah, that's a good one, too. Um, Ooh, that's a good one. (laughs) Anyway, uh, uh, how are you, uh, aside from this? Not bad. Pretty good. Uh, uh, I will say, I know everybody loves to hear about weather, especially when they're not in the place, but... Yesterday was 85, and the day before was 92 here in Bangor, Maine, and today is 50 degrees. Ooh, nice. So, you know, we 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 know how to keep it nice and consistent around here. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, the, the, our other guest, uh, Superfan Megan, how, how are things? What's up? Hello, my little... Uh-huh. Uh, you can find mini, it. Mini paintings that Victoria gave me. You guys might know Victoria from my wedding and from a long time ago at the Bumbershoot recording. How are you? Great. Great. Uh, I, I could have done better. I feel like it works. I like to go in the moment with it so I can find it, but that wasn't my best. What are you going to do? 
Yeah, you can't win them all. Um, okay. Any, sure can't. Yeah. I, <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, any shout-outs or call-outs? Um, I wrote down some shout-outs. Uh, shout-out to Whitney because she texted me for the first time, and I got really excited about it because oh. I feel like she's really cool and potentially too cool to be my friend, so I got very excited. And shout-out to Johnny. Lisa's kid is graduating high school oh, this weekend. Yeah. Yay. Uh, I cannot believe... I, was, I, I remember when she, when I've never ever met him, but I remember when she talked about him and he was young. <laughs> yeah. Now yeah. he's old. I he mean, just a little we, boy. If we've been doing, like, if we had our eighth annual BFF fan cast meetup, that means yes. that we met him when he was like nine or 10. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, full ass grown man graduating from high school. So, uh, shout out you to him. You did it, Lisa. I'd say he did it, but as a parent now, I know you did it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, congratulations. It. Yeah, it's it's weird when people people's kids. I mean, it's the it's the least interesting observation in the world. But people's kids just get older and become adults, <laughs> and it's 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 wild. It's I it's it's the most normal thing in the world. But it's also like, hey, you were you were like thirteen a couple years ago. What are you doing? And yeah. it sounds like she's got good kids. You know, mm-hmm. so congratulations, Lisa. You've done good. Yeah. And I love to say you've done good. That might be the first time I've ever. Yeah. She you... did done good. Because yeah, I do like to. Yeah. Yeah. And they you make fun of good. her, which is a good sign. <laughs> right. Right. But that's yeah, that's a good sign. They're not like. <sighs> Kids who will give their parents a hard time. That means that they've got a good relationship as long as, you know. They're doing it in good fun. Brief technical note. Um, uh, boo, boo, boo. All right. So I was recording a backup. All of that is safe. I am now recording regular style. So there's no right. difference. So this guys. happened last time. It I think. definitely did happen last time also. But we're the good <laughs> news is we're good. The good news is we're okay. good. By golly. You're just he focused the... on delivering the f- perfect intro, which you do mm. every time, mm-hmm. but oh, it distracts. I, I mean, it is <laughs> quite distracting, yes. Um, okay. Uh, shout, out to, shout out to our regular host, Lisa, of course. Uh, has a lot going on this weekend, graduations, etc. Um, hopefully, we will hear from her on the podcast soon. She recorded an episode with Joanna. So, uh, eventually, that will be out. Uh, you will know when I know. Um, uh, you know, shout outs to the general BFF, BFF people. I was talking with, uh, Rafi and Lauren about, uh, Taylor Swift, among other things. Um, uh, shout out to, uh, yeah, that's about it. That's about it. Oh, shout out to, oh my gosh. I'm going to add, ooh. A, a Adrian? Adrian? I am sorry. I'm going to get the pronunciation oh, yeah. of your name correct. A Adrian. Adrian. But she posted a very nice message in the Facebook group. Yeah. Um, which mm-hmm. I appreciated I a lot. And I shout out. Nice. Yes. Oh, yeah. can I have a shout out that you can go back and edit into our the last episode we did together? Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's how it works, but I'm going to say yeah. We forgot. To say happy birthday to Allison. Oh, yeah. It was her birthday, oh, May 11th, and we recorded that weekend. And I'm like, well, shit. I didn't take notes that time. So if I had taken notes, I would have I would have shouted her out. Um, but I sent a happy birthday message. Uh, so shout out to Queen. Happy birthday a month ago. 
I did uh, validate her on Instagram about the the twins riddle thing. And I said, happy birthday slash, you know, I definitely know about the twins riddle thing you were talking about. That was confusing to other people. And I feel like she appreciated that. I'm sure she did. Okay. Um, That was a good birthday gift validation. Edit that into the last episode. Cut this out. Uh, hmm. Right. I, I'll see what I can do. I'll see what I can do. I don't. I don't hear a commitment from him on that. Uh, Please, yeah. uh, so lazy, Trice. Yeah. Oh boy, I, uh, lazy production over listen, here. I'm, He's like, hmm. How do I tell you no? <laughs> there's there's some labor rights issues. I my, I have not received my BFF <laughs> oh. paychecks yet. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's pretty valid. Okay. Affecting my performance <laughs> on this uh, this episode. Oh oh sure, bring that up. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, we are talking about the Monday episode featuring Jennifer Romolini and the Thursday episode featuring Jackie Johnson, uh, Todd Cooper, Daniel, and Tony, and of course, Allison. Um, the Monday episode, what was everybody's general thoughts? I I liked it, but it was also like, a, it was like, a, Allison sometimes does episodes that are very specialized or a person talking about a kind of a specific thing. And this, this felt like one of those. It was not a... Uh, a general purpose episode, I felt like. Well, you're not a feminist, so you're definitely not wow. included in the. Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. JK. All right. I'm I'm okay. I'm on you today, Trice. I'm sorry. I don't know. I'm a little spicy today. Spicy. Um, I really loved this episode. I really liked her a lot. I was happy with it. I liked I liked the episode too. I don't. I was wondering what was going on with Allison though, because there was a lot of pauses <laughs> and i was like huh is she there and then and then she would say something so i think she was thinking maybe a lot of what you know it i think that's probably one of those if there was a video it would have been and obviously not for me but that might have explained some of her pauses because i was like wow there's a few times i'm like did my podcast stop playing hmm. uh, yeah so i noticed that and maybe that's that kind of took me out of it a little bit but Probably visually, it was a good conversation as far as she was trying to take in some of the stuff that Jennifer, is that what her name was, was saying? And I did like her. I thought that project was interesting. I don't think it's a podcast I would listen to because it's not it's not a subject matter that personally interests me. You know, the one about the... Um, Viva. Yeah. Yeah, the magazine. But I thought it was cool. It was very interesting that this guy, this guy, apparently, you know, people are uh, multi-dimensional. So this guy, in probably some ways, who was sleazy, did have some good that you know he el- seemed to elevate women in in many ways. Yeah. What did she say? She's like he would call you honey, but he would like hire. He would also. Give- he would he give would you give like you a leadership exact- position. Yeah, he'd make you an executive. Yeah, there you go. Um, and it is interesting to think, you know, about the 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 great articles, but then the 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 visuals that were alongside those great articles. I guess there are people who just read those kind of magazines for the articles. Yeah, and I just want to take this opportunity to provide proof of last episode where i said that you know who really loves a penis is a gay man well apparently you're right this goes to show 
because they're like, turns out this feminist magazine right. with the dicks in it was actually most popular. <laughs> the majority of their subscribers were gay men. Were gay men. And, you know, and that doesn't surprise me. The only thing is it didn't sound like a lot of these, the penises were, um, you know, good ones <laughs> from how they described it. Yeah. yeah. And they said it, the penises were not, were not shot with a woman's. Mm-hmm. With a woman in mind, so oh, that's good. I guess women point. like their penises in a certain light—no pun intended—or <laughs> I don't know certain certain positions. I'm not going to put any more questions about penises out there to the fem- our female audience because I got responses I was not ready for. Oh, okay. <laughs> that I didn't. Oh. I didn't realize. I mean, not like not like I'm. I'm mostly joking, but I got a text from Lauren that said something about a penis, and I don't. I almost never remember the words that come out of my mouth on this podcast. So I'm like, what the fuck are we talking about here? <laughs> Didn't remember the conversation at all whatsoever. Um, but I was like, right. It's not really one of your topics that you love I to talk about. I'm exactly. Assuming. Yeah, you're not, but you're rem- not the, the SME, we would call it at work, the subject matter expert. Exactly <laughs> yeah, I suppose not. But I remembered enough to remember that I was right, which, which is um, always important. Says something about Remember me, that you're right. I wish I could have found, I did do some light Googling on this. I wish I could have found like the innards of this magazine to see what the hell was going on here. And maybe there's some links in her podcasts, bios. I mean, I'm not like searching for the dong. Well, she probably has, at least on some social media, she probably has stuff to back up what she's saying. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I'm thinking. Articles Uh, or whatever. I could just find the, the covers of the magazine which really doesn't describe its personality or like display its mm-hmm. personality like she's describing so right yeah but good for her for for finding she really found a niche there yeah <laughs> i thought the pot the the episode was interesting because you know allison does talk a lot about how she feel stuck and how you know things she hasn't done a lot of things or some of the things that she thought she wanted to do and all these people who are doing it but the thing is she does seem to want to do these things in her brain but doesn't have the a way to figure out or isn't doesn't have the actual motivation to 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 go to go at it and get it and that's what i feel like the difference is between the people who she might feel some jealousy toward, you know, is that they're pushing and pushing and pushing and, and, and working really hard to do it. She's got to admit she doesn't do that. Yeah. I mean, she really doesn't. She's doing the podcast and that's <clears throat> what she's doing. And she's raising her kids, which is great, but she's not pounding the pavement at all. She's not even knocking on a door Yeah, for these things, but yet she gets, you know, upset that she doesn't have them. So I wonder if yeah. she realizes that. I think she's she does. bought almost no 1970s pornography. Right. None. Yeah. Exactly. She's bought none of that. <laughs> I and it's on eBay. The guest right, said there was on. stuff on eBay. She could buy it. About when she was before she. I don't know if she just talked about this on Patreon. She's she released a really. Um, it was a one-on-one like I don't know if it was an AMA. No, it wasn't AMA. She was just like it was just her. I haven't listened to it their, yet, but okay, diary is what she called it. It was nice. It it gave me updates that I wasn't aware of because some of the stuff she was just talking about on childish, which I don't listen right. to. But I think it might have been 
there where she revealed that um what she was writing and because she had alluded that she was writing something and had a deadline i think in the normal episodes and then she came out and said that she was like making new stuff for reiteration or re what would you call it like a um i don't know when a book like adds something onto it an updated version of her book or something with oh. new material like a reissue or- yeah that's probably re-issue, the word for it re-issue. yeah um huh. but i thought i'm like oh my god maybe she's finally getting some tv writing gigs because she has the connections and i know that she hasn't written in that format before but she has such a natural way of writing oh she that could I think do it that's the thing is if i think she... she'd be an amazing like dialogue writer at the very she's got least. flair yeah <clears throat> so and i'm like the thing I... Is, I wish that she had the motivation and the heart to really push for these things because i think she would have had a chance but for sure she, she's that you really do it it's not going to fall into anyone's lap yeah because even the people who act like it did they pushed somewhere mm-hmm. and what do you guys think of reissues i'm not a fan of like books when they when they're bad. like buy it again i wrote three more pages mm, not i a will fan. consult wikipedia for those three pages. yeah no That's i don't fine. like it when um, albums do and when uh for for music either when they're like buy this album again it has three more two more songs three more songs i'm like you should have put those on in the first place thank you very much yeah, I'm not going to pay another $12 for that CD. Well, CD. Now it's digital, mostly. But that's the good thing about digital is usually you can just buy those songs, which I'm happy to do. Mm-hmm. But I don't like it when I have to buy the whole thing again for those. That little extra material. Yeah, but it anyway. seems like a little bit of a cop-out. It does. It seems... Eh. I'm going to buy it, but if I wasn't her super fan, I wouldn't be buying it. She's oh, I'll gonna... buy Alice. I will buy hers, too, I'm sure. But it and I, and, I, and I have for my favorite music people who do it, but it annoys me that they did it. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I get. I'm that. like, write a new book. Yeah, just do it. Just uh, spend years doing. It. Yeah, yeah. People do it. People write new books. People write well, and and so yeah. I mean, I'll be happy to see anything that she writes because I truly do love her writing, and I think. You know, and at one point she did have the motivation. She did. She's had a lot of success. It's not like she hasn't, including a, a successful enough podcast that, you know, it helps. It actually helps pay the bills. It's not just buying her coffee. So that's that's actually very impressive, especially in this climate. So, but I just wish that she didn't feel so bad about other things she hasn't, you know, attained since she hasn't actually worked for them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i mean it that is a thing she talks about quite often which is the or she used to talk about it often I don't know, I, she doesn't at least as far as i know doesn't talk about it as much anymore i don't know about the patreon or but the sort of being envious or jealous of people who are doing things you want to do even if you didn't even try to also do it, yeah. go after them yeah it's it's um and it's interesting yeah. did you catch on the jennifer i'm sure you did ramaloni ramal what's her last name uh, Romalini. Romalini, that's it. Um, episode that she said she's been thinking lately about how, oh, I would be a good actor, and like she was thinking about how she, how how could she get some acting roles or whatever now, and I don't have anything about her age, but I 
I'm just like, hmm. I don't know how you do that now when you have had no, no, you haven't uh, worked towards that at all. Because a lot of the people who get it when they're older, they've been plugging along all these years trying to, you know, get roles and stuff. And they finally get their breakthrough. Yeah. I don't know of, I don't know of situations where you just jump into it. You don't start until you're in your mid forties. They're few and far in between for sure. But I've, I've heard some fun stories. Um, I listened to the office ladies podcast, which is the, Mm -hmm. the fan podcast or the, like the rewatch podcast that's hosted by two of the uh, main characters of the show. And they talk a lot about the guest stars that come on and they've talked about a couple people who like you know they were playing elderly roles Mm -hmm. um but they started when they were like 50 or 60 or something crazy like that but it's not like they're the lead in any right movies necessarily but it it was interesting to hear that someone was like i don't know fuck it i'm 60 i'll (laughs) this audition yeah well i guess she needs to do that i wonder how she would be with an acting i've never really you know yeah the only thing that I, I've known her to have like a speaking role. Actually, that's not true. So she did some voice acting stuff a couple years ago for a uh, uh, not not particularly well animated uh, <laughs> animated project uh, that was out a while ago. Um, and then she was in Corolla's movie Road Hard, which I never saw yeah. as like a flight attendant or something. But um, yeah, I don't I don't know that she has she been did a voice for acting thing for Dave. Dave's sketch oh, thing. Oh, that's right. And I don't know if I thought it was... It, it wasn't for me. So it was hard for me to tell if I thought she was good in it. I'd have to go back and listen again. But Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I didn't see that. There was a, a different... Uh, I'm going to assume worse animated project that she was in. Anyway, well, no, the Dave thing to, was to uh, an audio. Anyway. Just an audio thing. Oh, Dave Hudsberger okay. had the audio yeah. podcast. And Daniel and her and Tony were in it for an episode. It was a little over the top. I think that was what my, so I couldn't. Oh, and Wendy was in it. Uh, uh, speaking of uh, Hollywood busy types, Megan. Oh. Um, so they talked a little bit, a bit about pitching projects to people. Um, as someone who's had to insight into that process due to various projects that you've had going on. Well, what can you tell us about uh, about pitching and uh, what it is and, and how it goes? Oh, my God, it's At awful. least for your stuff. It's awful and it's bad and it sucks. <laughs> what, have you done it or you've more seen it? I've, I've, I am pitching something right now and I have been pitching oh. it. Um, I think one of the things that surprised me and does surprise me about a lot of projects when I hear people talking about what they're pitching is that you do just like stop after a while, which is weird. Like Allison said, they pitched to like two places and they're like, Oh, guess that's never going anywhere. And I've been pitching the same shit for like two years and I'm not going to just stop. That's what it sounds like. Jennifer agrees with you about. Yeah. It's very weird, but that's a thing. Keep going. Yeah. I, I think maybe if it's more, yeah, I don't know what that's about. It sounds like if there's like an executive producer involved, who's really leading up, the project and if they say never mind this is dead and like maybe they because they own the material because they're an executive producer what they say goes if they think it's not going anywhere 
But like I, I specifically remember Phil Rosenthal when he was talking about Somebody Feed Phil, which is a show I adore and I watched every episode of. He was pitching for like 10 years. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I've heard those stories a lot. So that's I'm a like, question what? somebody should, if I ever think to remember to ask Allison, why did it? Why didn't you pitch that more? That thing that the thing that kind of leaked that she did with Greg. I mean, Greg wasn't in it, but that he helped. I liked it. So I know it it didn't work out, but Greg Heller. She could have. Uh, yeah, Allison Greg Heller. Yeah. It out. yeah, yeah, Allison. I actually thought it was a charming, and I thought it had potential. I mean, but that's the thing is, yeah. And I wonder and like what, I'm that might have been a, Greg that said it's dead. That's what I'm saying is like if if it was his thing and it was in his hands to determine what its right. fate was, he might have just been like, "Well, we're done," because he has the yeah. connection. It's he's the one setting up the pitches. Yeah, but you could just what I I mean the the route I had started taking because it's not like I'm in anybody that has someone to pitch things for me is just like. If you're just a person that has a creative idea, you can just email whoever the fuck you want. Right. And it can and try to set up meetings for yourself. Yeah. Um, but or do I an mean, agent. She doesn't have an agent. She hasn't had an agent. Allison has kind. an agent, doesn't she? Uh she doesn't now. Oh, I thought she did. I think she had an agent a while back for some reason. I so part of the pitching process for reality tv networks and stuff it is so bare bones where if you're someone who is an established executive producer and established production company specifically for me i work for development a lot um for goodbye pictures and the guy that owns the company is rich by and he's like one of the original creators of project runway he hasn't made anything like that for a long time he was literally with like it was within the first two years of the show that he was involved. And then he went off and made his own, his own production company, but he makes stuff. That's like just cheap reality stuff that I don't, I would never watch myself, but it is so bare minimum what they actually need to pitch. It doesn't have to be great. It just needs to be like a video with some talking heads of being like, these are our characters and it's like cheesy. And I just think it's bad. It's not good. And it's not that polished, but if you are a name or it's like, hey, I've, I've, our company has made 20 TV shows before. They just kind of trust you that they have a relationship enough to be like, okay, if you just communicate the concept enough, we'll be on board. And that's maddening to me because I've taken a lot of time to make materials that are polished and high value production. And it will get me nowhere for a very long time even though i put a lot of work into it and it's not like cheaply made or done in a rush or anything but the production companies don't want to invest a lot in the production of development materials because 99 percent of projects don't go anywhere so they're not going to invest a lot of money in a show you know if every show that tried to produce you know for every like 10 shows that you pitch one of them might get sold but i also don't know much about the narrative or fiction world in the documentary world um i showed trice i don't know if i ever sent you the podcast version of my project but i i know i showed you the like the uh video version of my project where you kind of already have to be making the documentary a little bit 
Yeah. Um, the, so the video version was, I mean, there was so much footage. It looked like a basically complete project, except it was, you know, 10 or 15 minutes long or whatever, instead of a, a full series or movie or something. But it was very much, uh, it looked like it was largely done, or at least largely had all the parts in place. Um, by the time you were even showing me this, this, you know, what would be called like a sizzle reel or something, but it's, it's basically a snapshot of something that's clearly already been worked on quite a bit. Yeah. It has a lot of like sweat equity put into it. Yep. And in the documentary world, I know that that is pretty common where they want to see like, who are your characters and what is the story and having, um, you know, 30 hours of footage already is a huge plus but that means you as the independent documentary person needs to make that a much of time and money investment yourself so that kind of sucks and then in the meetings that i've had um we we met with this company campfire productions and i thought i was off to a great start because they were like yeah let's take it on and initially the plan was we will make a podcast, continue the podcast version of this, and that can be used as like a research uh, project to then move on to making it as a doc series. But the contract was garbage, and I had already done so much work that like it was basically like a 70-30 split where they would be selling it to someone and getting 70%. Oh, wow. And I would have to split the 30% with me and my producing partner. So I'm like, I don't want 15% of my own fucking project. <laughs> like I've been working on this for five years. Yeah. And so, but it was such early success that I was like, well, sweet. Let's just glide along into all these other meetings. It'll get picked up quickly, it seems. Um, but now we're on like, I don't know, meeting seven, eight, nine. And it's just that I the most frustrating thing is that it keeps feeling like almost, almost, almost this is going to happen and it Mm. doesn't. So I'm like very much grinded down with getting my hopes up. It is grueling and it's literally the hardest thing I've ever done is trying to pitch this thing. Yeah. But, and that's the thing that that's the thing is I don't blame people for giving up. You know, I really don't. Um, I've never even tried anything like that before. (laughs) But I have heard that sometimes it does take years. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought initially that when people would talk about how a project takes years and years and is a process that took forever, I naively thought it was like, oh, well, you're not doing enough work. Like you should be doing more. But it's because the agents just sit on this shit and they will email you like once every three months. Even if I follow up once, twice, three times, right. they will do stuff on their end like three times a year. And it's oh, like, thanks a, fucking, thanks a fucking lot. Like, yeah. So my scissor reel was finished, for instance, last September. I tried getting in touch with them to set up meetings. <clears throat> they didn't email me back until mid-December saying, okay, in the new year, we <laughs> will set up meetings. So like it was just sitting there and it was very infuriating. Oh, yeah, I imagine so. Um, Plus, in, in real life, we leave it to Hollywood or whatever you want to say. In real life, at work, you got to email people right away. You don't get to wait three months. But <laughs> either way, um... <sighs> yeah. that is the noise that the pitching process makes. <laughs> 
what has been a much more uncomfortable turn um, as of late because Hollywood is at a standstill and uh, our agent was pretty much like, no one's buying shit right now. Let's just put a hold on this is that I've been talking with my partner about bringing in um, an investor and that is fucking uncomfortable and not something I like doing, but it's also like kind of a last resort situation where I'm like, I don't know. Some people have $50,000. I don't, mm. but that's also another route that just happens. If $50,000 isn't going to be take skin off your back, um, then I guess I'm going to pitch you on my shit. And it, I consider it low stakes because it's not like anyone I'm pitching to is ever going to see me again and be like, you're the asshole that tried to pitch to me. <laughs> so I don't... How dare you try to offer me an art project? Right. And now I'm... Have you no I'm... shame? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it all sucks and it's all not fun. This, this particular phase of a creative project I've worked on, I've never gone through before and it ruins everything. It sounds awful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It ruins everything everything that i love about making shit but that's and why I'm you sure... keep doing it is you love it you love you believe in the project that you made created that's that's the catch 22 is like the yeah. only way is through okay. i mean you can stop but if you really are passionate that you want to make stuff and do what you are is your passion you just keep right. on trucking yep and you have invested a lot of time to even make that 15 minutes right so yeah All right. Uh, any other thoughts about the Monday episode? Oh, my God. Now I'm just going to go on a whole other rant, I realize, because I had my whole other specific. Let's talk about something else. I'll oh, save it for okay. I'll save it for the end. My she'll other save little. Joe, save it for the bonus uh, Patreon. Sure. <laughs> I just realized I, I went on and talked for like 20 minutes about something, realizing I have a very specific rant in the exact same arena. And I just, now I'm exhausted just thinking about all this. She's <laughs> exhausted. Anyways. Okay. Um, we can move on to I Thursday. I think Allison should try to do something with Jennifer. They used to work together. Let's do this. See that? I thought maybe she would get some writing on the Shondaland thing back in the day when Jennifer was on before. But that didn't ever happen. But uh, I don't even know if she tried. But... Oh, I have, before Thursday, I have just one little magazine question I was curious about. Um, for both of you, because growing up, magazines were a huge part of a particularly women, like young teenage women, young teenage girls' lives. But Trice, was there like a magazine thing for men that was like the equivalent of Teen Beat or Seventeen? Like, Hmm. were were you a magazine reader and leanne i was curious if you could get like braille iterations of magazines I had the well same back question. then i wasn't reading braille oh you were illiterate um i had some vision no i had some vision so i could use <laughs> a video magnifier to <laughs> yes i was illiterate um but now i'm not it's a miracle um so i could read print still that was enlarged hmm. like i through a video magnifier like it enlarged it so, um, but yeah, I did read, but not that kind of, ma my sisters were way into those girl magazines, like seven or teen girl, like 17. And, but I wasn't, I was more into, uh, 
Country Music Weekly and Country Music Magazine. That's what I was reading. Love that. What about Dog Fancy? What's that? Dog Fancy? I don't know that magazine. My people out there, Dog Fancy. Dog Fancy. It's just I like a heard of Cat yeah. Fancy. I they have, have Cat fancy. fancy. I think Cat Fancy oh. came out first because calling it Wasn't Fancy it just then? makes a little more. It would. I think were I they got around when we were teens. Or when I, I was a teen, I think you're younger than me, Megan. I'm 37. Yeah, I'm, uh, well, I'm four year, five years older than you. Okay, so same same age range. Yeah, I think when I, I would have read those get, if I'd known of them. I think you would have liked them. I liked them, and you're even. Were a, they about dogs I, and cats? Yeah, dog fancy dog dog. Wow, I totally. It was like read those. you know training tips and also just pictures of cute Aww. dogs and shit. It was it was pretty dope. Yeah. Um, Magazine-wise, a regular hangout of mine at a certain point was just going to, like, a grocery store and going to the magazine section and, like, reading through the various video game magazines, which used to be a thing. Um, Like most magazines, they're not a a physical thing anymore, but Electronic Gaming Monthly, uh, uh, GamePro, uh, all all of these. And just in a pre-internet slash early internet era where there were no, there's, like, no streaming video, there's no YouTube like you couldn't really find out about video games that much online so the the ability to see like screenshots and hear like interviews with people who make games and that kind of stuff and new stuff that was coming out and reviews and all that was like very very cool as as a kid um to have access to to all that kind of stuff yeah it's interesting that for younger boys the magazines are mostly uh, uh, uh hobby based right or Cars you know, and video games. Cars and, and tuck stuff, tech stuff like that. But not like. Yeah, I mean, there's some music stuff also. Yeah, but there wasn't like Teen Boy magazine. Uh, <laughs> I, there might be a similar like. That's if there were a Teen Boy magazine, it would be for girls probably. Um, but yeah, right. I, I I know what you mean. That is interesting. That there, I don't know if double standards the word, but if there was like a. a version of like because teen, teen beat it wasn't like girl teen beat it was just teen beat but it was well, primarily for younger girls interested. yeah with pinups of like jonathan taylor thomas and devon sawa and shit but if they had the same for boys that was like here's this 15 year old heartthrob <laughs> <laughs> to uh, hang up that seems weird it does it does so by the time, God, I don't know when Maxim came out. I was probably 20 or so or late teens maybe. But that was a sort of like um, like Playboy but less without nudity. It was like, hey, you're like a dude, right? Here's some mm-hmm. dude stuff. There's definitely dude stuff magazines. Uh, stuff magazine, I believe, was one of them. Um, but th- this was not – it was not – it's definitely not quite the same. The, 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 the marketplace, the space for those kinds of magazines was not – nearly as wide it seemed like yeah mm. interesting yeah thursday uh, uh general thoughts on, i i really i liked this thursday episode i thought it was funny um i thought it was a lot of ground got covered between all of jackie's stuff and then todd uh todd cooper the guest and it was a it was a overall positive thoughts what's everyone's general i wish i could have recorded last week because um, I had I liked this one too, but I liked last week's as well, and I think I liked last week's a little better than this week's. 
Um, but I did like this week's. And and like I said on Facebook, Allison's doing her Patreon with the wrong Todd. Because I enjoy Todd Cooper a thousand times better than uh, Todd Perry. Speaking of people who are motivated, I feel like Todd Perry is very motivated to, yeah. to put out a podcast. Yeah, and that's some of he's kind of like a hustler. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. and so and I... And that's uh, actually yeah. the vibe I get from him that I probably don't love. And I don't mind someone who's willing to hustle, but when, when they put out that vibe, I like that less. Uh, I... I understand where you're coming from with yeah. that comment. I will not. Uh, <laughs> yes. Megan, uh, Thursday show. I, I slightly agree with Leanne. I really liked this week's episode, but being a Jackie loyalist, she was on the whole episode last week. So that was. It just clipped along funny. a little faster than this one. But I liked this one, too. But I loved the last one. Yeah, I, I think it was, the... the last one was a breath of fresh air for some reason. For that, sure. Like, I think other people on fa- who came on Facebook kind of felt the same way. Like, wow, th- this one was actually, like, a really good episode. They hardly talked about uh, The Bachelor, Vanderpump, which was wonderful. And it helps that Jackie doesn't watch any of that stuff, and Todd doesn't either, I assume. But Jackie has said, you know, she doesn't watch any of that type of reality TV. and I- And so then they don't then, Al- then Allison and Daniel don't feel as compelled to stick on that subject for a long time. Yeah, they covered some enjoy. interesting topics this week. Yeah, yeah, a little more serious for for bits of it. They went from like circumcision mm. creams to religious oh, that, that's trauma. What it was. Yeah, those are the ones where I think that's probably why I didn't enjoy this one as much as last week's. Is well, I didn't. I thought Allison should have stopped on the cream a lot sooner than she did. I was fine with them talking about it, but then she like made Tony look it up and so I'm, and that's what where I'm always like, ah, okay, that's enough. But then the religious trauma stuff, I already knew all that because I'd heard talk, Todd talk about it on other podcasts that weren't mm-hmm. Allison's. So I think that's why I was like, all right. <laughs> but it's not Allison's fault that I've heard him talk about it elsewhere. Yeah, that's on me. That's a that's a me problem. <laughs> that's on well, you for if, being such a big fan. Yeah, yeah. I really enjoy him. <laughs> you could argue if Allison cared about the show more, she would tailor it for each individual listener. But I guess <laughs> if I guess she she's only not doing cared that right more. Now. Oh my yeah. gosh, that should be. I would pay. A, I would pay three hundred dollars a month to get like my own, like my own Allison Your own episode. Special episode. Yeah, well suggested to her maybe. I don't yes, think that would last very long. Yeah, the super super high Patreon right. level, which is just Allison, be amazing. Directs an entire episode, episode just specifically for you. Yeah, but let others listen. But it's specifically for Megan. Yep, that's brilliant. I'd listen to that. I'd listen to that. Well, of course you would. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, sure. You're paid for it. You got it. <laughs> right. It's like you... uh, what cameo, but for podcasts. Right. That's what I was thinking. So you know of Todd because you're a big fan of Sarah Watkins, I assume. Yes, and and he and I'm a big fan. For, um, honestly, it's really more because I'm a big fan of Felice Navi Pod. Um, and he was Todd's or Tony's co-host. Um, oh shit! Which was funny. What that? Uh, it was funny that 
Daniel in the intro said that he loved Christmas, Todd, because that was the shtick is that Tony loves Christmas and Todd doesn't. But he was co-hosting a Christmas podcast. I'm sure Todd, he knew that at Todd some point. Todd kind of hates but... Christmas. <laughs> right. Yeah. He was I, in retail. I, um, oh, yeah, I get that. Mm -hmm. I'm sure I knew at one point that Todd was his co-host, but I forgot. Oh, that. that was a fun podcast. Like, as I always say, and Rafi agrees, they did so much fun stuff. And Tony was just a much different person than he is on Allison's. Mm -hmm. it's, it's crazy how different he is. Um, because they would do the silliest stuff on uh, Felice Navi Pod, and I wouldn't call Tony silly if I only knew to, knew him from Allison's yeah. <laughs> podcast. So it's very Allison does something to him that makes him not silly. But well, it's Allison's show exactly. But if you notice, t Tony laughs a lot when Todd's on, and I and and I have noticed I like uh, Todd's laugh. It's like this kind of robust laugh that I like. Mm. Yeah, I, I like Todd. I didn't have, like, I literally thought it was the other Todd just from reading the episode description before I listened. I was like, oh, okay, he's on again. But then like, it was oh it was this Todd. And I was yeah. like, oh, oh, I, he has a, I, has I don't a know that energy. I had much. Yeah, I don't know that I had much of an impression of him before this, but he, he, he's grown on me as a guest. Well, my favorite thing about him well, not, that's not my favorite thing, but I mentioned it on the Facebook thing, but I really enjoyed his first Thursday appearance, which was, you know, a, a quite a while back when he said, Allison said something and he said something and then he's like, um, no offense, none taken. And then Allison's like, I'm supposed to win this was to be the one to decide if it's none taken. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and he's just silly like that. He would just say silly but crap like that. But it's just funny because... His Sarah Watkins, who uh, Rafi and I are big fans of, um, and I take credit for introducing Rafi to her. Um, he or she is can be silly too, but you don't think of her that way because you know she's pretty serious musician, and so he's just very different than her. But he's just like he he does describe himself as basically a, a, a Labrador. And I think that's probably pretty accurate. That sounds about right from uh, from what I've heard. But he's fun. Like, and then that was yeah. funny when Jackie left. He's like, "Now what are we gonna do?" <laughs> yeah, it's hard to follow the whole the whole foreskin <laughs> eye cream conversation <laughs> yeah. and everything she was talking about. Right, and he's like, "It's just now. It's just gonna be me." <laughs> I was speaking. interested. Oh. You speaking? You should be no, speaking. Go ahead. Go you ahead. speak. You speak. I was gonna do a, a bad transition i want to hear be, it i was gonna say speaking of foreskins uh, Megan, and then it would have nothing to do with that it was just a it was just a, a gag what were you gonna say i was gonna chime in about the foreskin oh well there you go yeah um i'm glad that they dug into this because oh, are you? yes because that's just okay. crazy well it is crazy and it is crazy i mean if Jennifer Ramalini wants to do her next podcast. Someone needs to uncover this because there's old articles from like 2013 that are covering it. What is going on here? It doesn't surprise me that it's South Korean because their culture specifically is heavily upset. What? I'm South Korean. <laughs> the culture is like incredibly obsessed with skincare. Oh, 
And I was kidding about Hey Now because I know nothing about just because I was born there. I know nothing. About. So you're are you aware of you got to be aware of like the I skin? didn't know. No, really? No. OK, I did a documentary where I was following I was like editing a character who was in South Korea and it was like all face mask like type yeah. skincare stuff. It was a big part of it so that's why okay. it didn't surprise me no insult to anybody but i, if it's... I was kidding i don't even like k-pop so <laughs> how dare you i know when jenna and 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 speaking of k-pop jenna was into it way before it became a thing here in the u.s that's true she was before she... ahead of her time that's right um but the, okay foreskins let's get back to the topic at hand okay um this is insane also yes, yes. as Allison said, it's crazy that, um, I mean, I guess it's something to try because that it's weird and why not, maybe. But if it was, like, horses foreskins, that's not a vegan product. No, and I'm surprised that, I think somebody should ask Jackie about that. Like, uh, you tried this? And I know vegan isn't, you know, but she probably wouldn't do it if it was from an animal. So why from a baby? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. A human animal. Monkey foreskin, horse foreskin, any other kind of foreskin, it would have been nope, a no-go. Yeah. And uh -huh. as she I does... I she on... never thought of that. I don't know how she wouldn't. But no. Also, where are they get where are they getting the foreskin? Right. Who, well, all all of the things, yeah. all of the questions Allison brought up, I'm like, yes. Those what are the answers to those questions? It's And it's probably illegal here maddening. in the US. Y yes i would th <laughs> i would think so i think they are uh the, metaphorically just kind of going through the dumpster and finding foreskins after circumcisions not actually um but there's some sort of uh whatever is act they're not harvest this is as they talk about this sounds like a, a q anon thing which uh, uh y yes. yes um it's not it's not quite that i'm sure but it it is uh i guess also, they don't want to be wasteful yeah, it's it's I think a little bit closer to like a not quite a stem cell thing, but from the very light research uh thing that I did, they were like grabbing some cells from the foreskin and then extracting those particular cells and then doing something with those in a lab. It's not like it's not like a you know, uh peeling a potato of a baby <laughs> and then just throwing it on somebody's face. I'm not like that stuff on my face, thank you very much. Yeah, That's, I mean understand. I can't even believe anybody would try it, Jackie. It's, I mean, they Ugh. talked about this. All, the, the whole beauty industry gets is. a little weird and yes. scammy. Um, yes. And yeah, I think Jackie would probably agree. And somebody said goop. It does sound like that should have been on goop. For sure. Yeah. Very goopy. And don't give me any defense about goop, anybody, because I don't care. <laughs> I don't know enough about it to Ugh, goop just defend sound, it. Terrible. But I would never defend Gwyneth Paltrow. No. Ugh. I feel like no one needs to. She's fine. She's yeah, Her life is going fine. okay. And yeah. she's insufferable. She, she doesn't need defenders that much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of people who are indefensible, uh, Megan. Oh. Um, so Jackie mentioned Colton Underwood, who is oh. on some sort of reality show. Do and you? I did is listen to Is this the person who her... you know? Yes. I did listen to Jackie's podcast. Oh, the Patreon it, episode? Patreon. Yes. Did you listen to that, Megan? Yep. Oh, yeah. About the wedding? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which, actually, that was funny, but 
then I'm interested to hear your perspective. So, sorry, just as background, this is a person who was on The Bachelor? He was The Bachelor. He was actually the first Bachelor I ever saw, the first season. Okay. And then he later came out of the closet and said he was, he's gay? Yep, and and then he had a a Netflix doc series about his coming out story. Ah, okay. And I knew nothing about any of this until Jack. Good, good. You're a good person. You're a good human. <laughs> you don't need to know this trash, this garbage. <laughs> well, now I do. I already went on such a rant. I don't feel like ranting all that much again. But yeah, I'll but just this go one's, with this one's yeah. I feel too. like I this is hot goss potentially. Yeah. You know, you owe okay. it to the right. fans. Fair. Oh boy. Let I me reset remember. so I'm ready to go off again. Ready to okay. go off. Eat ready some to cheese and then. Popping off mode. <laughs> all right. Oh, my fucking God. This all just makes me so mad. <laughs> so Colton Underwood um, used to be an a NFL player. He was like practice squad, not in it for a long time. And then OBS, the whole Bachelor thing. And then he came out as gay. So the partner with my project that I've been venting about this entire time is a former NFL player who came out as gay. So a very specific wow type of person um they were both living in denver at the time for a while there and so they became friends when colton came out and so i was talking with uh ryan is his name who used to play for the new england patriots he was on the offensive line for uh i don't remember how long and then he ended up going to the kansas city chiefs and then he got like super injured and couldn't play anymore but um so they became friends and with working on this with me ryan like ran it by him because there is lgbtq uh stuff going on in my story that he thought colton would be interested in um and it does have to do with a church so it's like also colton is christian and it just seemed like a good fit for him so he brought it up to colton and colton was like oh my god this sounds great I started talking with him and he was starting to meet with us about my project and I was like open to him being involved, even though I don't know how much you would know Leanne or other people who aren't invested in bachelor news, but Colton's reputation got just ruined because of some stalker shit he did in the past with the person that he ended up with on the bachelor so basically when he was the bachelor he chose this woman cassie fast forward a couple years there's some news that comes out number one that he's gay but also that during the breakup between him and cassie he like put a tracker on her car and did a bunch of other about this yeah so that was him yes oh so a lot of people hated him and i knew this shit and i was like okay that's kind of bad but i also knew as someone who came out and went through all of that that you are fucked up when you're about to come out or that like if it's being threatened to be outed so i'm like you were fucking crazy but i have been fucking crazy and i had somewhat of a empathy for that or at least understandability that i I, i'm aware of the mindset that you are in if that kind of stuff is uh you know the door the walls are closing in on that um did i just make sense did you understand what i was saying okay yes so he was in a bad spot i'm like all right whatever as these talks were going on between ryan and colton and myself his documentary series came out on netflix and 
I really liked him in the doc series. I'm like, he, he really made it a point to, um, he didn't avoid this Cassie stalking shit. He really owned up to his shit, not just, uh, on a surface level, but like went into it deeply. And I'm like, all right, he is like flogging himself about this in a way that I honestly felt like he did deserve because he did some really shitty things. And so part of it not only was about his coming out, but like coming to terms with being a really bad person and doing really bad things. And I'm like, that took a lot of vulnerability and bravery to do that on a Netflix show. Um, And for the most part, I'm like, all right, this guy seems like a nice guy. So when I met with him in person to chat about things, he seems super charming. He is insanely attractive. He's so tall. And I'm, I'm, but there was like a little part of me that I'm like, I don't know if I trust you. Like a little gut feeling thing that um, in retrospect, I wish I would have listened to, but because I trust my partner Ryan so much, I'm like, if Ryan trusts him, I trust him. Um, So we end up signing a contract together where he now is like one of the executive producers on the project. So it's, um, I still would own the majority of it, but Ryan split his share with Colton. And the whole plan was like, okay, now... Uh, he set up a couple pitch meetings for me, um, maybe like three meetings with him that he went out of his way to set up, which I'm like, this is very cool. Like Ryan is not a hustler. He is like a former offensive lineman. That's not his thing. But Colton is a fucking hustler. <laughs> and I liked that because I'm like, I want someone to hustle my project around. That sounds great. Especially someone who has like a certain amount of status and connections and whatever. And signing the actual contract was still up in the air i was i still wanted to think about it so but it's seeming like we're going in the direction of signing this contract together and he's like let's do a development reel um i'll pay you know up to x amount of dollars uh we're we're amongst friends he said he's like i would pay like up to forty thousand dollars to to get this going and i'm like okay (laughs) so i decided to start making the plans to do this and i forget why there was a little bit of urgency on it for for whatever reason at the time it made sense that like we were just going to go and do it and i would front the money for development not forty thousand dollars worth but like ten thousand dollars worth i was like okay i can pay for someone to come out and shoot i can pay for our travel i can pay for equipment i can cover you know all the expenses that go along with that but little things started happening earlier on with him. And the first one was like him initially saying, I'll put up $40,000. But yet when I asked, like, I want this done right. I want a DP, like a proper documentary DP to be the one that shoots it. He was like, well, I was going to shoot it myself. I thought we could, I thought like Colton's like, I have equipment and let's just have me go out there and like i'll go do it he didn't even necessarily like it didn't seem like he cared whether or not i went he wasn't like hey what days are good for you he's like i'm gonna go do this Hmm. so i'm like "Mm." Uh, Uh is this a person with experience no shooting thing nope Hmm. nope yeah. He just thinks it's easy because if you sit down and you're the star of the interview, it's like, what's the big deal? There's just a bunch of cameras around. Easy peasy. And so I was like, no, I want this done right. And he uh-huh. did offer a budget. So like, why would you like, 
if you're offering up that much money to do this, but you're like, I'm going to do all the work, then you're not putting out any money to fund right. any of the things that needs to be done to make this good. So I'm like, this is, you know, a friend who I think is an amazing DP, um, worked with Allie Ward in the past, by the way, super oh. fucking jealous of that. I'm like, come out and shoot for the day and I want you to do it. And she, the total of the cost of her coming out there for the three days or whatever it was, was like not even breaching $5,000 with her payment and traveling expenses. So when I'm like, oh, wow. I want this done right to bring her out, it would be this much. He's like, mm, I just don't think we need to. And I'm like, yes, you fucking Dude, do. There's a reason why there's people who do this. <laughs> yes. So if I insisted it was his on project fine, but it's not. I insisted on it. And he just didn't seem to respect my take on my own vision or mm -hmm. my own standards on my own project. Yeah. And he was like, well, I talked with some buddies and like they said that they didn't think a DP was necessary. And I'm like, oh, geez, don't talk to your buddies like. I don't know. Oh, I'm getting fired I don't care what your buddies up. have to say. <laughs> yeah. So either way, I had to fight for it to be not just him, like, going by himself and taking his cameras and thinking he could do it himself. Um, Sorry, and... just to clarify, was this him, like, flying out and conducting interviews with yes. people? And... Mm -hmm. Okay. Going, okay. yes. Um, and But I was also like, you're a famous person, and the town that this is in is a smallish town. Um, it's just going to be interesting that like, you're there. I don't know. You might stick out to some people like, why are you there or whatever? But I'm like, mm, I am going to wait on this contract situation. <laughs> so yeah. I fronted all the fucking money and I went out there with myself and my partner and my DP and we were out there for three days and we shot. And then I came back and I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Right. I told Ryan, I didn't want to do it. I didn't think he respected me very much. I, I got vibes that he didn't respect women very much. And I also got a sense, and this kind of makes sense with who he ended up with. I got the sense that he is charming and probably great with people who are of higher or equal status on like some sort of celebrity or like social climby level. But mm -hmm. I think he does not treat people well. Um, and so he has this husband who's like so well connected and is, you know, this amazing person. And that's probably very appealing to Colton. Um, but I'm like, Ryan, I don't think we should partner with him. I just don't have a good feeling about this. And it was when Colton told me himself, he's like, honestly, I'll be the money person. But like, you don't like this. We won't be like creatives together all the time. I will be hands off. You'll be able to do what you want to do. And I'm like, that sounds fucking great. Even though you just right, did something say. that was completely the opposite of that. But it got me to the yes. I'm like, okay, if I don't like this person and I only have to deal with him like a couple more times, that sounds great to me. Um, so we signed the contract, which meant he owed me the money, which would have covered the expenses and um he didn't offer me $40,000. He just offered the expenses. And then because I was going to have to take off work for three months, I was like, just throw in like, I think I ended up being like $3,500 for those three months, which is absolutely nothing, nothing that I would normally get. But I'm like, if I can get just the smallest amount, I will be able to get by for three months to focus on this. 
I, I told him initially, like, if you can get this money to me to cover the expenses and the couple extra thousand for me to make it through the project in the next like two weeks, I can do this. And he's like, fine, great. He went off and was on like some Paris ass vacation with his future husband. And I was back at home. Like this is a couple weeks later. I had already probably checked in a couple times about like, Hey, like, uh, when you're able to get the money through and he's like, Oh, when I get back from wherever. And I'm like, okay, great. So this is post-contract, maybe like three weeks now he finally gets back and he sends me half the money. And I was yeah. like, he sends me half the money. And I was like, Hey, like I only got 5,000. Is there a chance that you can get the other half over to me soon? He's like, sure, of course. And <laughs> this continued um to the point where i was like i asked enough times where i seriously started thinking is he not going to give me the money and that's when i sent him a text and i was like hey um it's really important that i get this money soon or else i'm gonna have to take another job to like pay the bills and then i won't be able to finish this is a real and um in time and like it'll just be delayed and he's like sure sure i understand still he's not sending me the money and i'm like mm, fuck it i took out a business loan to cover the money that he owed me and i'm like i asked him if we could dissolve the contract because mm. at, at that point i didn't get any good vibes from him at all i didn't get respect from him I mm -hmm. do think he uh, is uh, doesn't respect women. I just and and I shouldn't have to hound you for money when we signed a contract and I already footed the bill and you said you would pay up to forty thousand dollars and this is like a quarter of that and I cannot seem to get it from you and that I had to even talk you up to that much just by investing in having a camera person because you just wanted to go out and do it yourself. Um. So I'm like, Ryan, I want to dissolve the contract with this dude. He didn't have to if he didn't want to. So it could have ended up. He, his name was just attached and I couldn't do anything about it. But when I asked him to dissolve the contract, he said that he would. And I was very, very relieved about that. Yeah, but I, I basically expressed to him, like... He, he chalked it up to a communications breakdown where he's like, oh, well, typically it's like, you know, you get the first half up front and then you get the other half on the back end. And that's just how these things go, which he's not wrong, but I didn't indicate anything but the opposite to him. And oh, each time over and said, yep, over I'll again. get you the money, I'll get yes. you the money. And he never did. He, ne he never so brought up what like you expected. And it wasn't and it wasn't in the contract. Right. That he um, it wasn't in the contract that like it was going to be half up front, half in the back. Right. I just kept asking for the money. He kept saying yes. And I kept on not getting it. Right. And otherwise so, he could have said at the beginning, oh, I was only going to give you half. And then the other half, that's how it's normally done. Exactly. But he said, no, I'll get you the money. I'll get you the money. So. Yeah. So there was no communication breakdown. I was very, very clear. And he just either mm -hmm. chose not to hear me. Uh, my thought is he's like, if I don't like what she's making and I say you're going to get it on the back end of it, he can just keep inserting his notes and his takes until he it's what he mm -hmm. wants. And then right. maybe pay me is what I think his logic 
was because right. it certainly was not a miscommunication. I know that for a hundred percent sure. So he did agree to dissolve the contract, which meant I had to send him the first half of the money back. And I'm in the hole here, not just with the expenses from the trip, but also I been have not worked for three months. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm still paying this motherfucking loan off. And especially yeah. having not been worked, you heard me how rough it's been. Mm-hmm. It has cut me so close making payments on this loan every month that it's made it lately it's made it like my angst has come back up again for this position I was in and granted I could have just been like I'm bitching about the money predicament I'm in I could have not been in it and just waited and put up with his game and gotten the the money at the back end but I learned so much in this period Mm -hmm. that I'm like this is my passion project. I've been working on this for five years and I want to be respected in this process. I want to re- remain a leader in this process versus him hijacking it and thinking mm-hmm. that it's his. And if I have to eat this money, it will be better for me in the end versus this whole entire pro- process going forward being a complete nightmare and me having to deal with someone that I don't want to deal with. Um, well, and yeah, then, if he's stringing you along, that's just an emotional nightmare. It was rough. It was yeah. really, really rough. It it had me, um, especially because I do think he could have helped. He really, really, like I said, he's a businessman. He's a hustler. Mm-hmm. He's wanting to get away from on-camera stuff, and his goal is to be producing. So I was very much in the wheelhouse of like the kind of project and the kind of stuff that he saw as his future. Mm-hmm. Um, but then later... I talked to this producer who um, I was asking questions to about this whole thing. And she happened to have worked with a producer. She happened to be friends with someone who was a producer on his doc series. And she put out feelers to this person. And this person was like, he is a sociopath. The project was a nightmare. And Netflix would never, ever work with him ever again. Oh, wow. Ooh, that's not a good sign. Nope. So I'm like, okay, good to I know. I wish I had known that before. <laughs> I'm like, good to know. Um, but the bottom line is he, he ain't a good person. He really, really is not. I gave him the benefit of the doubt. And I I think that he is an incredibly charming narcissist. I don't know how he ended up with such a great guy because all signs point to his husband is actually a really amazing person. I've I've heard from people personally who know Jordan personally that he is a good guy. So I don't know what's going on there, but bottom line is Colton sucks. And I'm very, very glad that Jackie is friends with him through the, because of her husband through Jordan, Colton's husband versus uh, Colton. Again, he might be perfectly pleasant to Jackie and, and whatnot. He was perfectly pleasant to Ryan. um, But Ryan was pissed on my behalf because Good. he's like, I've seen this guy make football bets for like thousands of dollars on a Sunday, just casually. So he should, you should not have to hound him for, for money. money. Right. Um, and then I, I think it ended up the whole thing, even though Ryan kind of took a neutral position on it as much as he could. Bottom line was he brought Colton into this situation. He was very yeah. sorry that it turned into a lot of headache for me. He is such an amazing supporter of me. And it's mm-hmm. always with him been about raising me up in this project up and really respecting the creative vision I have for the whole thing. And mm-hmm. Colton did the complete opposite of that. 
I don't think he's a bad friend, though, because Ryan is a generally good guy. I trust him. I do think, again, if you have status, he's going to be cool with you. If you are just a regular person, like, he doesn't really care. So if Jackie is with Ben and if Jordan is surrounded by all these, by Olivia fucking Wilde or whatever her name was, if that's her name, he is probably, like, fine in that in that circle. Is but... Olivia Wilde the one who um was uh married to the guy from um Ted Lasso? I think so. I actually should know more uh, about her than I do. Because I've like either I've... Olivia Wilde or Olivia Munn. No, Olivia it's Olivia Wilde. Wilde. Olivia Munn is the John Mulaney one, right? Yeah, Olivia Wilde. Why? Yeah, cuz I've heard she's not a great person, so mm. Yeah, so interesting. interesting. Yeah, all these people run in circles. And I think Jackie is um, kind of starstruck by all these famous people or whatever. Some of them that she mentioned I've never heard of before in my life, but um, or most of them. But but yeah, it's interesting. I guess Ben knows a lot of people <laughs> or has some connections too. Yeah, it's crazy the connections that both Ben and Jordan would have right. because they're not in the they're entertainment the business necessarily yeah. necessarily so i'm wondering if they just like i don't know get donations for certain causes and work with celebrities and doing that i don't know I what's don't know. going on yeah. there so that's but my yeah. story and i obviously i reached out to allison once it got brought up that she was going to talk about <laughs> bachelor guy the next episode and i'm like i will tell yeah. anyone who fucking listens that this guy sucks and i'll tell you exactly why and it did seem like jackie didn't know much about him or didn't know really know him <laughs> right allison was asking all these questions and jack is like i don't know i don't know <laughs> yeah i don't think they can know so each they haven't other really had much conversation super well because they yeah. haven't jordan and him haven't been together all that long and i think the majority of their relationship was in quarantine when jackie wasn't hanging out with anybody right. anyway well i hope jordan doesn't get hurt i don't know jordan yeah but... same that's kind of what yes. came to mind immediately Especially since he said they haven't, they hadn't known each other that long. Right. But uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, I was taking notes during your story, um, <laughs> and the, the, I'm glad you cleared up that someone else said he was like straight up like a sociopath or a narcissist right. or something. Because I, I was know. like, is this a guy who just doesn't know what he's talking about and thinks it'll all work out? Is this yeah. a guy who's just like? genuinely wanted to do something and his his eyes were sort of bigger than his stomach and he got in over his head or mm. is this like kind of a, a guy who freak. doesn't care and it sounds like he's like it's it is a kind of relief to hear that everyone's just like oh he's just kind of a shitty person because it kind of makes things make sense and it sounded like you were giving this person the benefit of the doubt a lot which is great but it also is uh it's a certain kind of resolution to be able to have other people be like oh no he's a piece of shit don't, yes. don't worry about it yeah. Yes, for sure. Yeah, I think he just kind of, because of the route he took to success, he basically got out of the NFL, like huge ego stroke, big accomplishment to get there athletically, like good on you. But he was on practice squads, it didn't work out. He immediately was a contestant on The Bachelor. He immediately became uh, the lead of The Bachelor the very next season, which I heard from on Bachelor podcast that like he was campaigning for himself to be The Bachelor. And then post-show, like, you get a lot of opportunities and stuff from being The Bachelor. But then immediately he gets this doc series and has a bunch of success. And from his role, if we're talking about, like, a creative documentary partner, he doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. He just thinks 
that because he's on camera and sees a bunch of cameras around him, he's like, oh, I know how this works or something. And if he was, if he was a nightmare to work with, he probably did make some demands. So he right. thinks that he knows stuff. And yeah, they probably I, did do some of the things he said because they had to. I I didn't ask any follow-up questions about the sociopath stuff, but I would have loved oh. to hear just a few examples of, mm-hmm. of what that of what that was. But yeah, Ryan did not go to Colton's wedding and was not invited. And I think it's because <laughs> of this Probably whole that. debacle because he yeah. used to like fly him out. Like he flew oh, wow. him out for some birthday party um, that he had out here a couple. And, and like he flies Ryan out because Ryan is Ryan would have taken care of this whole thing money wise if he had the money by now. He doesn't. Right. So he like flies him out to like hang out and stuff. And I'm like. Ryan would have been at that party. I would have tell. I would have told him to schmooze it up with Jackie so I could become friends with her or something. Uh, <laughs> but instead, it was a huge disaster for all involved. Oh, that's too bad. There we go. Yeah. There we go. Hollywood man. <laughs> Hollywood man. Yeah. Can we talk about Speaking something else now? Hollywood. I, I don't yeah. want to talk anymore. <laughs> Uh, we, we there's many so many things came up on the show. I think there's stuff to talk about. Um, the oh, so uh, Jackie talked about trying to get Taylor Swift tickets, which are now going for thousands of dollars. Um, I yeah. think Ray Morgan on Twitter, which is saying to Allison, his daughter sold a pair of tickets for like two thousand oh. dollars or something like that because oh. it's they are very much in demand. Which, by the way, uh, shame on Taylor Swift for allowing that situation well, to happen. I uh, don't, from what I understand. She's very upset about it, and that's why yeah, she's doing I, a three yeah, and a half I think hour I did show. Hear that. Yeah, um, but also like I don't know. Do well, more I mean, tours it did cause them. Or... It did cause because uh, she got very angry with Ticketmaster. Um, I did hear something about in that. that. So I don't. I, I, I I'm not a Taylor Swift stan, but I don't think she was happy about it at all. And yeah. um, I Some... actually know people who went to. The one, the second night in Massachusetts, and it was the night that it rained, and oh. she did the whole show for three and a half hours because it was an outside venue. Um, she did the whole show, no breaks, three and a half hours. She had to, when she sat down at the piano, she literally had to to wipe the water off, like it was because it was a puddles of water on the piano before she started playing. And apparently, a couple people I know weren't huge fans; they just went with the daughter who wanted to go um and they're now fans people in their like 50, yeah late 40s are now swifties because they said the show was so great and um so yeah i mean i think she cares about her fans a lot and i think she was not happy about um all of and no and nobody's happier about scalpers because the people who are selling it for three thousand dollars are scalpers they're not her she's not seeing any of that money yeah i i think so first of all the the rain thing does sound very cool i that, yeah that sounds great um uh i might have been went over by that too but the, I, I do feel like there must be some way and i think it yeah, probably is just it out leaning on Ticketmaster. i i think people of her status in particular right. if they wanted to do something about it they could get at least get those those prices i mean it's not all scalpers is the thing or there are ways to minimize how much how many tickets scalpers can buy or how many tickets you can get you know I, so i saw the cure recently which is not you know a new act or whatever um but 
a great show, like sold out arena of like, I think was it twenty two thousand seat arena, two sold out nights. Uh, so there were a lot of people willing to go to the show and travel to the show, but like the nosebleed seats were like thirty five bucks um, because they didn't. They went out of their way to make sure things weren't too hyper expensive um, and that, that people weren't buying 20 tickets and then selling them at the last minute or whatever. So I do think there are certain uh, if if artists made it their job, which they shouldn't have to because they're they're. I, I suspect the problem here really is like Ticketmaster. And she these, may not have realized it was going to happen like that. Yeah, but I don't yeah. know. I'm sure she didn't. From, I'm sure she didn't. From what I heard, it's kind of on her to fix. There's like a. I agree. I think they should have enough influence to be able to fix it. And I could be going off of something I found on the internet that isn't true. But I heard the core of the problem is that places like Ticketmaster are contracted through the venue itself to be the ones that sell the ticket so like if she's going to perform at sofi stadium and sofi stadium has a contract with them that uh again i agree with trice i bet there's something taylor swift could fucking do about that or have influence in having a dialogue about or advocating for something but it sounds like this taylor swift moment was how this conversation started of like yes it's what started here and now and honestly it, you would need uh, the better solution to this problem would be to not just have Taylor Swift have everyone who's big right now who's mm-hmm. doing these big tours all come together and say hey well I suspect stop this isn't going to happen next fans. time with her oh not I with her she's not going to allow it she's not yeah. going to make sure it doesn't happen again I mean given that she like re-recorded a bunch of her songs just so the wrong people wouldn't get royalties oh I and think let me tell you they're better yeah. mm. Her re-recordings are better than the originals. I mean, it makes sense given that she, you know, well, even had, the production you know, so many more years and, of and it's her yeah. choice too. Like back, it's she has a lot more say in how they're made now than it was that. Plus, she was a lot younger. But yeah, I mean, it is unfortunate. And if she has, and she does have a lot of influence. I mean, she did get Spotify to change ways that they do certain things way back ten years ago or however long ago it was. Might not have been ten years ago. Yeah, the, but so she's got. Yeah, she doesn't have fair. enough influence to make idiots not vote for Marsha Blackburn in Nashville. But she had other has other influence, maybe over Ticketmaster. Yeah. I hope I and I will stop beating up on her for anything other than her romantic choices because this is not all her fault. But it, <laughs> this is her a, a union choices. problem. Yeah, this this if there were if every artist. In that sort of range of popularity of Taylor Swift, who was going on tour mm-hmm. or doing a residency, be... or if they, if uh, you know, ha- not all of them, even a half a dozen big artists can rise together. up against Ticketmaster. Yeah, if her and Beyonce and whoever is big were all like, "No, don't do this yeah. to our fans," I feel like this would change pretty quickly. Yeah, they should. Yeah. S- they should s- form a superstar union and be like, "We will." Yeah, they we, should. We will boycott. And, you know, like the writer's strike, we, we're not performing until you get this shit figured out. <laughs> That's right. Um, but yeah, I do know people who went and they loved it, but they wouldn't. I was like, you guys could be rich if you sold your tickets. What are you Ralph doing? Ralph and Lauren. Shout out Ralph and Lauren. They sent me videos from. Did they go? Uh, yes. I missed that. Rafi got tickets for oh, wow. Valentine's Day or like Lauren's birthday, I forget which. Uh, Mother's Day, I think it was. Oh, it was a Mother's Day. How did no, Rafi that was, get tickets? That was, was it Mother's Day? It was whenever, something pretty close to Mother's Day. Whenever it was, they got tickets and I was super jealous. I would love to go. I've heard nothing but 
amazing things. Yeah, that's what I've heard. And even my driver, who's in her 70s, almost went, but that, but her, she was going to be going with the people who I know went that went. But because of the rain, her daughter thought, no, probably not a good idea um, for you to go. But she's kind of disappointed she didn't get to go, even though she never even heard a Taylor Swift song. So I don't, I love my driver, but it's probably best she didn't go. Mm. If you've yeah, never even I, heard a Taylor Swift song. I've been getting a lot of Taylor Swift reels of the Airs tour. That's like every time I open Instagram, I'll see like three reels of a Taylor Swift concert. And it makes me very happy and it makes me really want to go. What was the question? My sister's sad that she, my sister, one of my sisters is a Taylor Swift, as a Swifty. And she really, she did try to get tickets, but she didn't. Because I, I should, I should remember this. I shouldn't speak for Rafi. I don't remember, but I think he well, must have had to. you should make up a story. Yeah, I think that he um, cut some foreskins off of babies for oh, it. Oh, right, it yeah. And well, that's just how well, it goes. A little goes about, a long way, yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. He's that's fact. Him. That now that yeah. I think of it, that's fact. That's what that's, he told you. Yeah, that's the literal truth. So mm-hmm. good job, Rafi. Yeah. What you would do for Lauren that's, and yeah, I, I'm glad that you love Lauren so much that you would do that. Um, and shout out to both of you, and shout out to Lauren's family about losing Those Mona. babies. Yeah. 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 Oh yes, sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> Shout uh, out to the babies. Yeah. Yes. That, with the collateral damage and all this. Jeez. <laughs> yep. oh, um. Anyway. Um. Oh well. On the subject of concerts, is there a particular concert you've ever been to that stands out in your memory as being the best or the coolest, or even like the most expensive? Is what's a, give me a superlative concert experience? Mm. I don't have any of those. I've gone to several people that i've really wanted to see but there aren't anybody anybody would know are we talking like jason aldean i don't know who this person is but then it's a name trace you and i are never speaking again for even sure you like saying uh, his name to me big and rich no oh my gosh megan Uh, punch him i know you're not um, in the same room with him but he's being punched I'm okay. closer in California, so right. That's what I, I. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, I can punch for sure. you. Write me an IOU for one punch, and then when no, we next meet, oh, it's not just one punch. I think a few punches. You okay. said Jason Aldean and Big and Rich. Rude. Jason Aldean's the worst ever, and his He's wife is too. They're like anti-trans. Oh no, no, I did no. Not know that a country no, singer? I know that's a shock, huh? <laughs> yeah, but they've been like outspoken about it, real idiot jerks. Oh my god, call out to all of the motherfucking anti-LGBT motherfuckers that are motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. They're ruining Pride Month. All I'm seeing is oh. this Target boycott <clears throat> bullshit, and I guess some elementary school in North Hollywood was, like, protesting because they wanted to read, like, the You Can Have Two Mommies book or whatever. Um, yeah. All of it. Go fuck yourself. Well, Target, shout out to Target, though, because Bill's seen some good um shirts there that he was impressed that target had been selling but they've had to pull back some because of all of the backlash because even employees were getting threatened it's 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 gross that people think that they can act like that and that it's okay yeah it's 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 bumming me out for pride month for sure it does uh no one do this it does make me want to be like I mean, you if you wanted to be a shit stirrer, you could just like 
have a shirt made that says like gay for pay or something and then like <laughs> place it in the children's oh section at Target just to see if anyone freaks out. But definitely nope, put don't that do in that. Walmart. Oh my uh, gosh. I just saw it I just saw um it doesn't matter i saw it i saw a video of someone online who was going through all the john deere tractor shirts in target and being like what is john deere's agenda like they're shoving it down our throats and they're just like t-shirt after t-shirts of john deere and in target and i thought that was very funny um i wanted to chime in on the concerts though because i've been to some amazing concerts because my buddy oliver um is a very big concert goer and um he had a friend who was the treasurer of the Hollywood Bowl, so we would get tickets oh. sometimes. And I saw Sia there, and that was super memorable because she. Do either of you like Sia? I know the name, but I don't really know. A, a limited amount. I don't know a ton of her stuff, but she seems she seems like she's very good. I can imagine her putting on a, a big show. The concert is amazing because she doesn't face the audience really is is her thing she oh. does a lot of poor performance like art tool <laughs> well he's just a tool <laughs> but when sia does it it's cool oh, and mysterious it's amazing, yeah. um but to like make up for that she does a lot of performance art and because it was at the hollywood bowl the actual celebrities themselves who were like in the videos came out and did the performance arty stuff so like kristen rigg was actually there and the the girl who's like in all of her music videos. So that was very cool. Um, that was my favorite Hollywood bowl one. Uh, but the concert that I never thought would happen happened, which was, I saw Cat Stevens at the Pantages and we were like fourth row and that was amazing. And David oh. Wilde was actually two <laughs> rows up from me. And I went up oh, and wow. I said, hi, oh, I cool. sound like such a Hollywood fucking big shot like, in this episode. I really hi, David Wilde. I know you from the, <laughs> Allison Rosen is your new best friend show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How do you feel about producing documentaries? Right. Oh, oh yeah, my yeah. gosh. Here's my here's a little thumb drive of my. <laughs> you know what? Not a, not a bad. <clears throat> not might as well do plan. it these days. Maybe, you plan. might be curious okay. on a night. I Megan, gotta, make a thumb drive. I got to carry around the thumb drive. That's right. Yeah, with like contact information on it. Right. Yeah. Right, yeah. Right. A little Super sizzle modern. reel, you know. Super modern approach. So mm-hmm. I caught. Do you guys like Cat Stevens at all? Um, I, I think know he's not Cat Stevens song. anymore. He goes yeah, by like Yusef Islam. Yeah, Yusef. Uh, uh, I immediately in my mind go to like the cats in the cradle and the silver, but that's not him. That's it just says the word him, cat yeah. in it. Yeah. Um, no, no, I'm sure I've heard some of his stuff, but I couldn't tell you anything. I mm. only I know his music from um a couple of his songs from This Is Us because they would have some of his songs on. <gasps> he they did. I didn't yeah, know that. Like I loved or, This Is Us. Two or th- you didn't recognize the oh, what's it called? There's at least one or two oh, songs. Oh wait, had okay, I know what you're talking about. I us. thought you meant he like did and also, songs you love for this them. Is us? Yes, I do. Okay, well, we gotta start a new podcast together. I love this is us. Me too, so much. But anyway, you could just call it this is us. It'd be very confusing. <laughs> oh my god, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, now I know what you're probably talking about. For some reason, I was like, he did an original oh, song for head. the show. Oh no, but no, no, they it was one of used... his songs. Yeah, yeah. That was, I don't yeah. know why that was dumb of me. Um, yeah, my parents' vinyl collection growing up, um, they didn't have a ton of records. My dad had like Steve Miller Band and a Alice Cooper, but oh, wow. the ones that I really got into were his Cat Stevens albums. So I, I can definitely hear his voice in my head. 
Uh, and he seems like somebody I would enjoy. Win. Oh, is he the one that did the the something about flowers? Like, or where will the children play? Yes, I don't know. where will the children okay, play? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that song. Yeah. Trice, in, sorry for making you do things. Insert a fun little Cat Steven clip here. Yeah. Where will the children sure. play? Sure. I, yeah. I will sure. find something. You're the Tony of this podcast. Wild World is one of my faves. Ooh, baby, oh baby, that's him. Wild World, yeah. Oh, okay. I, I think guess... I think you would. I didn't know that was him. Yep, a lot of his songs I would know probably song. be familiar if you heard him. Yeah. Well, I he, what I do know, I like. I just don't know a lot. Yeah. Um, uh, and I saw the Beach Boys. I've seen my favorite but... Vince Gill. In Vince Gill. I liked him when I was he's, like in I was in the country back in the good old days. Still. Yes, those are the good old days. And that's my cat is partially named after him. Vincent Van Cat. Oh, I know. And so yeah, I love Vince Gill. So I've been able to been able to see him twice. But he, you know, by the time I got to see him, he wasn't he's not selling out like he would have in the 90s. Um and then yeah. I've seen a lot of people like I really wanted to see um, I want to see the Dixie Chicks. They're going to be here or the Dick, the Chicks now oh. is what they're called. They're going to be here in Bangor, but I'm not sure. The tickets are pretty expensive and we've got some things going on this summer. So I didn't want to buy tickets and then not be and then have to not be able to go. So I didn't. Mm-hmm. But I'm bummed. But, Goodbye yeah. Earl is my shit. I love that. Song. I love that song. But they're, I even like their new music. The album that they just put out called Gaslighter a couple years ago. Mm, yeah, that was so. during COVID. I remember that. So anyway. They're good. Trice was your... a lot of great shows, but not any like huge ones that people would know who they were. Was The Cure your big one, Trice, or have you been to others? Uh, I mean, that was literally a week ago. So it was like, a, <laughs> a, yeah, the best <laughs> reason. I've not seen any between now and then. Um, but yeah, they were really great. They had a great. I was uh, literally a half a mile from the stage <laughs> because I had like seating way, way, way in the back. Um, but sounded great. A uh, couple of annoying fans, but that's oh, at yes, every concert. You hate to see. Mm-hmm. It. That's some of why I won't buy seats in the way like cheap seats because mm-hmm. I at least want to be where I feel like the fans are more serious about it, and so I feel like I have to pay more to get those seats. I mean, I did get to see the Backstreet Boys. Last <gasps> summer, because I've of never Maddie. Even seen the Backstreet Boys. Well, my Maddie, my daughter, begged and begged, and at the beginning when she begged, I was asking, "I'm like, no, name three songs," and she couldn't. So, <gasps> but then by the like a week before the concert, she like knew a bunch of their songs and was like obsessed and kept asking. And I was like, no, and then finally I felt bad, and so we bought tickets for her birthday because they were there the day before her birthday Aww. here in Bangor. And it was so great. Like, she loved it. She was screaming. Yeah. I mean, she says the best day ever. And I believe her because she says that a lot, but I think I believed her on that one. Um, and every time she would scream, somebody would give her thumbs up. And every time she would scream, she'd say to me, that was me. I'm like, I know, <laughs> but everybody was screaming. So she didn't necessarily stand out to, you know, Yeah. it was fun, even though, you know, it was a backstreet boys. It was fun, especially going with her. Yeah, and I think there's a thing about live music where even if you're not as into the artist, That's just true. it being live and mm-hmm. it being yep. like a, a show is like there's some yeah, energy. There's about something it, in fun. it for you. Yeah, 
Yeah. Oh, oh, come on, Leanne. I also got to see Dolly Parton, <gasps> Nelson, and Allison Krauss. Yeah, where's my brain? Hollywood busy type over okay, here. Okay, yeah. Leanne. Where is my brain? What the heck? Yeah, those were awesome. And it's so great to see those legends. Like, Allison Krauss was great, too. Um, yeah. What? I don't know why I forgot about those. Those are amazing. Especially Dolly Parton was amazing. Dolly Parton's an icon. Just, I know. I think Jess and I are more obsessed with the legend of her and the iconicness of her but than her, her actual music. Too. But her music, yes. We listen to nine to five. Yeah. A lot. That song's um, just a jam. And uh speaking of and Trice and I was off mic, we were talking about a show called Mrs. Davis and she does of one of the songs in the beginning, something about a nun oh. or something. And it's also an amazing song. I wanna know what so, song that is. I'll have to look it up. I'll look it up for you. Okay. But yeah, she was great. She's she's quite the showman and a showwoman and it was a great show and she's hilarious. Heaven's just a prayer away. Oh, I don't know that song. Oh my gosh, I got to hand in my Dolly Parton fan card. I watched her documentary and I grew so much appreciation for her. She wrote like 300 songs or 600 songs or I don't know how many songs well, she's written but she's written so many songs and so many mm -hmm. that are not even hers that she performs that she wrote for right. other bands that are like huge. Yeah, she doesn't even have time to perform all of the songs she's written but i mean yeah. i will always love you elvis yep, that's the big was one. going to record that one but the colonel said that she had to put elvis's name on the song songwriting credits and she said no and um mm. i say good for her because that guy you know pressured so many people to do that and then Whitney Houston, she would have had to share those royalties with Elvis's estate when Whitney Houston made that an oh. insane hit. So she uh -huh. made the right decision all those years ago. Yeah. Because that happened way before, obviously, if Elvis was going to record it, way before the Whitney Houston version. Mm-hmm. Although he would have yeah, also, I think they're probably about the same age, like her and Elvis. So I wonder if, to her, I mean, maybe he's maybe 10 years older or something, but I, I feel like Elvis was not necessarily Elvis to her, just because they were also kind of. In well, the same but he knew she was themes. big. She said she, she said she cried and cried when she had to say no, because she oh, knew that I it mean, would that be a really good, um, that it would have been a big thing. And at the time, I think it was more her integrity. She's like, no, I wrote the song. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't yeah, have anything to do with the money for her. It had to do with that's my song. Yeah. That's awesome. why would I have somebody who didn't help write it? Why would I put their name on? Yeah, I, I think I, I suspect that kind of thing of where there's a long history in music of people, you they know, taking credit time. for other people's music. Yeah, mm -hmm. especially back in the well, I don't back know. In the, yeah, I would say probably days, more yeah. back in the mm -hmm. day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she was probably very aware of. But that. some of it probably happens now too, because then you get a big star to sing your song. Sure. Um, that might not have, in Dolly's case, that might not have been a big. Thing, although she was a woman and he was a man, so at that time she probably he was still bigger than her. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, for sure, yeah. But yeah, I've heard. I mean, there's there's a uh, there's few people who are spoken of as well as Dolly Parton. Yes, I think, yep. In in look her up on YouTube. In show business in general, yeah. Look her up on YouTube at the Rock Hall of Fame induction. Cause she wrote a, she sang and wrote and sang a song for that, which is pretty hilarious. Hmm. That basically because you know she never thought she'd be in the Rock Hall of Fame, and she I think right. she's kind of embarrassed about it. 
so she wrote like a song that was just like a, um, you know, f very funny and so a little self-deprecating. So that she like can earn her spot into the rock one. Did she do like a rock? Well, it was it was, but it was it was a, it was a silly song. It's when you hear it, you'll you'll just think it's funny. Mm -hmm. Although I wish you'd recorded it for her rock album that's coming out. <laughs> I'm but yeah. So anyway, this could be the Dolly Parton and This Is Us show, um, but it's all—it's Alice. It's supposed to be about Allison, I guess. Did you know that she is Miley Cyrus's godmother? Yes. Yeah, because did. they were in Hannah Montana. Sometimes. Oh. Okay. She was her. Uh, what did, did she play? Her grandmother or something? I don't remember Hannah that. Montana. I think I learned it through. <clears throat> Miley Cyrus's social media or something. I'm like, what the fuck? It's going to be Betty White level when she passes. Oh, yeah, it will be. Worldwide will tragedy. Be. I didn't want to think about it. No, but I'm Willie sorry, Nelson, who I also saw, is 90 now, so he just turned 90. Holy smokes. Back, he was in his 80s when I saw him. <laughs> he was a young man back then. Hey, guys, uh, what's evangelical mean? Um, that was this a, came up on the Thursday. Yeah, show. it came up on the Thursday show, and I feel like, and it, Dan, I, when Daniel was saying it, and I don't even remember what he said anymore. I felt like he was wrong, but, um, but I'm not quite sure. I think evangelical is, I thought, just a very strict um, Christian, you know, but it's an umbrella. I think it is an umbrella term. It's not just like one one religion or whatever but um i don't think it was what daniel said which i don't remember what he said but right he just said it was right. like non-catholic yeah i don't think he was or, right <clears throat> i was confused at said. that too because by definition i actually if you say the word evangelical i feel like i'm picturing i can picture what an evangelical right. is but doesn't like necessarily those... mean that that's the literal definition yeah i always think of like baptists and um like people who are very uh fundamentalists yeah as evangelical and and i don't always necessarily think proselytizing it and that's one of the things daniel said i don't think that necessarily is an evangelical because mormons proselytize and they are not considered evangelical baptists hate mormons what what is proselytize going out and like um trying to get people to join your church oh interesting i don't think that's I, what okay i don't think that's part of the definition of evangelical that's what i would have guessed honestly because mm. when you when you talk well, about evangelizing said. an area it's about like trying yeah. to go out and convert um yeah but mormons aren't evangelicals they would not be accepted into that okay hmm I feel like there's a way to know, but we will never know. I know because yeah. nobody wants to look it up. I never. I am <laughs> literally reading uh, reading something right now. But uh, yeah, I, I think the general the, the hmm. So obviously the the uh, the proselytizing thing is part of it, but not necessarily according to this thing I'm reading on uh, PBS. Uh, but basically, it, it is more. Evangelical beliefs are more about like having a literal interpretation of mm -hmm. the Bible and uh, really? the that sort of thing. Being yeah, the fundamentalist more stuff. fundamentalist, yeah. yeah, which it doesn't necessarily include. Like, I think someone who's like a, I don't know if like a Seventh Day Adventist or a Calvinist. No, or something I wouldn't would be considered think Seventh Day Adventists are evangelical. No, 
Yeah, that doesn't yeah. make sense to me because, well, I mean, based on what Daniel said, he said they're non-Catholic, but I certainly had no. I certainly yeah. have Catholic members sort of, of my confusing. family that. Yeah, I don't think it, Catholics are Catholics aren't considered evangelical though. He's no, right about I that. Yeah. So. But it's not I, just that evangelical doesn't mean non-Catholic. Right. I think he was sort of confusing Protestant and Catholic. Yeah, and evangelical. I think maybe mm-hmm. that's what he was doing. Evangelicals are a, a type of Protestants, but that's th- Plus, they I don't are. Think some yeah. of his Moses story didn't seem right, but I don't know. Daniel's yeah, I'm Moses not story. the. Yeah, I'm not, not well versed enough in the Bible to. Try I'm like, on that one. is he right? Maybe I'm not as well versed. Maybe he knows the Bible better than me, but. Some of that didn't sound quite right, so I need to go look that up again. <laughs> Funny just wasn't the word I would use. He's like, the Bible is hilarious. These stories no, are hilarious. I no, but I don't know what... There's just, just a lot of contradiction of... and stuff that yeah, doesn't make Yeah, I think sense. he was being kind of weird <laughs> about uh, it. Hilarious from a distance if you were not raised thinking that something terrible would happen to you. If, you know, if there's nothing attached to it, I could imagine being like, oh, isn't this like funny that the old testament god like smote these people for you know smoking on a wednesday or whatever but uh, when it's a a personal matter probably uh less less chill you you Uh get to be less chill about it yeah that makes sense yeah yeah Yeah, because he wasn't raised with religion he didn't have any of that he didn't have to be what is it that um todd said that he's had religious trauma that he had yeah religious trauma yeah Mm -hmm. and it was funny that out that Daniel or, or Allison was like, "What's that?" And I'm like, "I think it's pretty tough to explain." Yeah, that was. I was surprised. I don't she like it when the people ask questions that just seem so obvious. But then I got to tell myself, Leanne, not everything's obvious. There's questions that you have that are that are obvious to other people. But I was like, that seemed very self-explanatory. Yeah, it's kind of in the title. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So when they both of them will do that sometimes, and I'm like, "Come on, you guys are smart people. Why didn't you just assume you knew what that was?" Mm-hmm. But anyway, because then they have to go Which, into it, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I already yeah. knew that. It's just funny from Allison coming from Orange County because mm-hmm. they mentioned that there's a bunch of like, and maybe I don't know if it was always this way, like back in the 80s and 90s, but the the big mega churches are out oh, there yeah. now. And who asked what's a mega church? I was like, really? Who, Again, fairly self explanatory It's mega, and it's a church. I know. And <laughs> it's actually much smaller than a regular church. It's <laughs> yeah. The name is yeah. micro church. Yeah. My- was that, was that, um, who asked about that? Was that Daniel? I, f- uh, I don't remember. Because I was like, seriously, you've never heard of megachurches? Well, I, th- I think maybe if, if you're, nothing if that's else, just the not news your all thing, the time. Yeah, I, I know it mostly just from news reporting of such and such. Usually some sort of a scandal. Pastor Usually did something terrible. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Someone bought a million dollar know. personal jet or something. Embezzling money, you know. Mm-hmm. At best. Abuse. Yeah. But yeah. Um, so. I didn't have anything to follow that. So, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I, I appreciate the. <laughs> I you just, just throw it out met. there and see if yep. anything would come out. Something <laughs> came, yeah, but nothing did. Nothing did. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's pretty. Uh, um, I mean, LGBTQ community stuff is fairly obvious why one would have trauma mm-hmm. because the religion speaks directly sure. against it and that you're going to hell and stuff. Right. And that's the majority of the conversations I've had is for stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to 
like the kind of evangelical Christianity that I have explored and talked to people about a big one with the charismatic evangelical churches that believe in like the, the gifts of healing and talking to God and uh, miracle type stuff is that you do grow up with a very warped sense of reality where um, you know, you can just pray for something and it happens or you're talking directly to God and he's directly telling you to do something or that you can lay your hands on someone and heal someone. You're basically literally told that you can work magic in real life. Right. And so for that specific group of people who have uh, grown up in that kind of church, I can totally see how difficult it would be to have grown up in a reality that's like where Santa Claus is literally real and, and then uh, deal with the fact that that's not the case, but then probably a lot of the other trauma, if you're not into the charismatic church, I assume would was probably just based on the fact that hell exists and you have to be in constant fear that something bad is going to happen to you either in your current life or, or a post life. Because right. there's like that can't be comfy. I was never I was raised Catholic, but I never really bought into it, even when I was going to religion classes and stuff. So I don't I don't have I only have trauma based on the fact that because my grandma specifically was very, very Catholic, that we didn't have a close relationship and I really never cultivated a relationship with her because of my sexuality. But that was like a, a barrier between forming a re relationship and it was traumatic. So it was kind of like a a, re a result of it but it's not because i was in something and experiencing it myself right and i can relate to todd to a point because you know i've left my church actually that's coming up in, a, in less than a month a year my year anniversary of officially well not officially officially because it does take some whatever to take my name off of the role you know membership like todd said for his um and I haven't bothered to do that as of now. So if I ever became a politician, that would get dug up. But uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's coming up on the year. And I understand. And I, and I know lots of people who have had to really do counseling on that, on leaving a church like mine or leaving my church. You know, that, that I shouldn't say church like mine, but, you know, the Mormon church, that's a disentanglement that can be pretty emotionally difficult and require counseling yeah yeah i mean sure it's it's such a part of your well and I, even if it's oh, even ahead. the part where you're just so entangled with just other people yeah not even just it's a, a belief spot community it's a thing lifestyle so yeah 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 so with i i've been friends with a couple of jehovah's witnesses who have left the church that's such an intense thing because uh I, think I don't know it's if it's even bigger for Jehovah's Witnesses to leave than Mormons to leave their church. Well, there's an actual cutoff from your family, which <clears throat> yeah. I don't know if it's just like culture, like a based on situation to situation. If you're going to choose to cut someone out of your life, I mean, everyone has I think a choice. You're supposed but... to. Yeah, and it's so. But sad I don't want to because... speak out of turn on that. But I think that's what I've heard. Well, it is what I've heard. I don't know if it's true or not. That is so tough. I had a friend yeah. who kind of left for a while and then just went back in because she's like i don't know my life's a mess like i don't have right. family and i have kids and i want them Oof. to have grandparents and then but then she's like never mind this is awful i don't believe in this and she left again <laughs> it's not but worth it yeah 
You have to well, lose everything. Everything. I'll just give to lose Mormons this. credit. That's not how it is supposed to be, and that's disen- That's not encouraged to do that to your family. But that's good. Doesn't mean some people don't, but that's right. That's not what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Is Mormon? Do Mormons have hell? Um, in a way, but not. It's called Utah. Like, am I right? Am I right? <laughs> yeah, not like um, evangelicals believe in hell. No, but there is. Yeah, I guess so. But it's basically if you've had a if you've had sure absolute knowledge of um, of the gospel, you know, the Mormon gospel, and of all of that that tr- those quote unquote truths, and then you turn away, and then you try to pull other people away. Then that's when you go to outer darkness, is what they call it. Ugh. Yeah, but not like, not just for like, for not being a good person or whatever. I like, el- like a-, a gay person wouldn't be going to quote unquote hell and according to our church. Oh, so. okay, hmm. interesting. But there's different kingdoms, so that's a whole other thing. And I well, still see. I need more disentanglement because I keep saying our church and my church, and I haven't gone in a year. <laughs> There's a lot going on there yeah. with the Mormons. Yeah. Um, I just remembered, I got two letters, one as early as a week ago, that was a handwritten letter to me, not just like stamped, printed. And the return address is b.ware. B.W.A.R.E. And I was shitting myself. I was like, oh, my God, someone from the church who I'm doing the project about, like, heard that I'm doing it. And now they're threatening me and they know where I live. And I oh, opened wow. it and it was like this Jehovah's like the end of days are coming. Come oh, to I've this, had those like, handwritten letters, too. From them. That's so fucking weird. You know how people do the um, well, that address thing is weird. But, yeah, I've gotten those. too. I'm like, at least send some money. Oh, so they didn't be they didn't do a beware to you. Mm, Bill didn't mention that anyway. Okay, Damn. but it's a, it was handwritten by somebody named Michael or something. Yeah, it really freaked me out that it was handwritten because I'm like this this feels personal. It's well, not they like do you that just... with letter political campaigns too. Like even celebrities, though, like they have the write letters saying consider voting for this person. Mm. And you're supposed I don't know, to do man. it in your handwriting in a card. I don't know how they think they're going to get through to me by writing right. be, beware. None of that stuff does. Yeah, no. That's no, no. Uh, it. Oh, what? Would only make sense from inside the bubble, I think. You have Ooh. to sort of be in it for that. Because uh, very obviously, that's like a weird veiled threat. <laughs> like it, right. from the outside, it doesn't make sense. But if from the inside, if, no. you've, been, if you've been preached to that, you, this is the way to reach people or whatever, I suppose it makes then sense. Yeah, they're like, we won't... need you to know about this or you're going to yep. burn. Hey, they're trying to save you. Remember that thing that Allison and Daniel were saying? Why don't our friends care about enough, us? Our religious friends care about us enough to uh, to try to save us. Yeah, yeah I was Jenna, thinking about Probably get on they it. forgot you guys are friends because you barely do anything with them. Although they're getting Snap. out a little bit more, so that's good. Like Allison talking about how she just felt so great after having a social weekend. Mm-hmm. Remember that, Allison. Remember that. Yeah, I wrote down to talk about that because I could relate a lot to to the whole you kind of want everything you do to get canceled. Yeah. Oh, I can relate to that too. Yeah, yeah, totally. But that yeah, when you that's... actually go out and do something, it's mm-hmm. like it almost never happens that I, I don't 
come out of it happier and glad that I did it and lighter and not worrying about my fucking problems anymore. Yep. (laughs) So it's interesting how dread works that like I'll dread something. But the worst the worst part of dreading something is just the dread. Mm -hmm. You're going to dread it. And then when you get it's sort of like having the fear of needles. This is how I got over my fear of needles is that I was so intensely anxious and tense until I got the shot because I knew the shot was coming and I would just think about it for hours and hours, hours and brace myself like hours ahead of time. Oh my God, I'm getting a shot. And then I got fucking, uh, you know, decided like got into mindfulness and shit. And I'm like, okay, this needle's going to be in you for two seconds. Don't think about it. It's going to be two seconds. Let it be two seconds rather than two hours worth of pain. It, was I practicing mindfulness as a child when whenever I had to do something I was afraid of, I'd be like, okay, I'm probably not going to die. So, and this will be over in like, you know, a few minutes and I'll, I'm probably not going to die. So I'll be fine. You did that and when you were that little? that would calm me down. That's, that's amazing. That's I mean, with needles, a kid. It, with needles, it haunted me until a couple years maybe a few years ago when i started doing clinical trials for money and they have to do like a million blood blood draws Mm -hmm. so i'm like well if i'm getting paid to get shots i feel better about it (laughs) um but i don't know that was just comparison to dread where it's like once you get in your car and you arrive and you get over maybe a socially awkward i'm getting accustomed to this social outing it's like it's fucking amazing you leave and you're always happy Yeah, that's very true. So I think the needle thing is actually a really good analogy. Um, Mm -hmm. I was talking to my therapist the other day about the same sort of issue. And I I said something like, it's really more of an anxiety about going through the door than whatever's on the other side of the door. Like whatever's on the other side is usually fine. But the, the going through the the that part of it is is where all of the stress is and i think the needle thing is probably a a little bit uh, clearer of an analogy that makes sense yeah i think it's good um yeah unfortunately i have to go i didn't realize it was so late um i've got to be like jackie i should have done that at the beginning Hmm. uh yeah we are are... you're free to go (laughs) we are wrapping up do we need to talk about um Baby foreskin ointment first. I though. think we got it covered. No pun intended. Okay. I think you we don't already... need me for that. <laughs> yeah, no, I think we're good. Um, All right. Yo, uh, any, any, uh, where, Leanne? Where can people find you if they're interested in finding you? Oh, they can't find me anywhere. There? Just the best friends fan cast Facebook group. We've got to get more conversations going there, people. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah, people. Yeah. Yeah, people. Other people. Yeah, other yeah. people. Step Let's up. evangelize about <laughs> Alison oh Rosen. Beware. Beware. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, Megan, well, what about you? Where can people hear about you and your your, your things? Um, I'm going to take my time instead to insert one small note that I made from a week ago, which is no one pointed out, I don't think, Daniel's grandmother ended her answering machine thing every time with I love you goodbye and that's what Allison does and I thought that oh. was crazy I never put that together I, yeah I don't remember I don't I remember that yeah oh really his grandma wrote a book about like answering machine machine right. messages it was very obscure uh-huh. and very weird but everyone she ended with I love you goodbye and oh. Allison ends all of her shows with I love you goodbye except for Did now she tell added her that the you matter. I didn't I forgot but I what do people think about the you matter edition I'm sure that was discussed back when she started it 
I'm sure it's fun. I, don't, I feel good. I think someone probably needs to hear it, and it's sweet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like the I love you goodbye a little. You know, Bridger does that at the end of his uh, podcast. I love you goodbye? Yeah, I wonder if Allison knows, because she's been doing it much longer than he has. Wow. Bridger, Daniel's, Bridger Weiniger, by the way. Daniel's grandmother should have patented it while he could. I know, yeah. I love you goodbye. I mean... I should have to pay Allison every time I say that to my daughter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> <Before she leaves. laughs> All of us trademark parents. on love, actually. Yeah. 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 Yep. And saying it out loud, and then also saying goodbye together. Brilliant. You know. Yeah. All right. I love you both. Goodbye. <laughs> I love and you. And all goodbye. of you, best friend fan cast people, Allison people. I love you. Goodbye. I love you. Goodbye. Goodbye. You matter. Bye. Yeah, you matter. Some dis-